Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative Podcast, the only podcast out there that gives you the best mix in golf betting tips uh, from the PGA Tour and the best mix of alternative uh, music. So uh, don't forget you'll be able to listen to our playlist of music afterwards. It'll come out uh, on Spotify. I'll be linking it out to the pod. So um, yeah, I think we're pretty unique and out, out there in what we're doing. And um, judging by the comments we're having come through on the uh, Apple reviews and what have you, um, you guys are liking it. So uh uh, that's fantastic, and, and please do keep those reviews coming in because uh, obviously uh, this week of all weeks, it's uh, great to get some reviews, some five-star ratings, and uh, I'm going to look to start reading some of those reviews out uh, over the forthcoming week. So um, you really appreciate you taking your time to do those reviews. Uh, just a reminder, my name is Martin Matthews, uh, and um, you can find me at Sundog Monkey on Twitter. And without further ado, I'm going to bring this week's guest in because, uh, as you know, we always like to get the best uh, from the golf betting world uh, on the show. And um, this week's no exception. Uh, everyone's favourite Canadian to uh, nick the catchphrase. Uh, hopefully, Kenny Kim won't be annoying me nicking that one. But uh, uh, delighted to have uh, Tyler Tambaline um, back on the show from uh, Tyler from Run Pure Sports, obviously, in the Mayo Media Network. So, uh, uh, Tyler, good evening. Uh, how's, uh, how's life treating you? Yeah, good evening, Martin. Thank you so much for having me back on, man. I appreciate it. Glad we could make it work for this last major of the season. A most exciting one, maybe the, the most excited I've ever been for a major in some time. It's just going to be incredible, the 150th anniversary. Life is treating me well, my friend. How about yourself? Um, yeah, I could um, I could do with some of those uh, picks I've got getting over the line and uh, not uh, not falling at the, uh, the last moment, but uh, otherwise life's <laughs> treating me well. Thank you. Yeah, it was... Um, uh, it's been it's been a funny old few weeks on on the betting front. Uh, obviously, we had the gala the other week, which yeah. I'm just about uh, just about got over now. That was a painful one, and uh, um, it's just that's sort of been symptomatic of the season, really. Uh, whereas whereas last season, everything that could have gone my way went my way. Um, hence the 450 odd point profit on the season. Yeah. Uh, this season, all, all the guys who were sort of, uh, you know, shooting 65 to nick a place on the last day uh, uh, this season, bogeying the last hole to fall out of the places. And um, similarly with sort of uh, the, the guys we got in contention going into Sunday, they're, they're, they're struggling. So it's been a, been a bit of a battle, but um, um, yeah, it's, uh, but uh, I can't complain too much. And we, we got a nice, uh, nice place last week over at the Barbasol with Vince Whaley. So that was nice. So, so um, uh, yeah, can't, can't complain. So uh, um, yeah, and um, how how was your week last week? Did you uh, did you enjoy the two events? Yeah, uh, I, I loved I loved uh, especially the Scottish Open. I did actually catch a little bit of the end of there. I hit the 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 Vincent Whaley with you. I had a top five each way. Ended up sneaking in when my other yeah. my fellow Canadian friend Adam Svensson uh, went with bogey at the end there. So got the complete payout yeah. for the top five each way on Whaley. So great call there. Funny enough, the Scottish Open, so this is a conversation, obviously, with X-Men, Xander, opening up the floodgates. Your boy, yeah. Thigala, you know, now I talked with Kenny last night about this. I forget who mentioned it on Twitter, but just pointed it out, and it was a good thought, is Thigala had opened the floodgates for Scheffler, originally back yes. at the Waste Management. He had himself yeah. in the mix there. He made some mistakes down the stretch. It ended up being Scheffler and Cantlay in the mm -hmm. playoff. And then Scheffler goes on that run after that win, including the Masters and the other wins and everything that he's been doing this season. Now, you know, look, Xander did make the birdie at the Travelers, so he put the, the knot in it either way, the emphasis on it. But Thigala did make that pretty poor decision yeah. out of the bunker at the end to take himself out of it completely when his caddy was 
just begging him to just take it the layup and just give yourself a chance here with the game the yeah. game that he'd had and the the iron game and everything that was, he was having. I thought it was the better decision as well, not just because you and I both had money on him, but I definitely yeah. thought that was the right play. And then yeah, right. now it's opened up the floodgates for Xander. So here we go. Good, great event last week, though, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting it's a conversation I had with Ben Coley when he was on the week after the Travelers, and that, um, uh, and it's even more prophetic, if you like, now with Xander going and winning again. That uh, um, sometimes something will happen that's completely out of the players' control, and uh, the narrative will change completely. So, of course, after Xander won, he was talking about how he'd stayed a lot calmer, you know, and had realised that he couldn't force the win, and you know, he knew it would come if he stayed patient and all that kind of thing. Uh, and like we say, if um, Sahith had, um, uh, you know, made a par uh, or even a birdie, then obviously it would have been a completely different narrative, wouldn't it? And yes. Xander probably when they've gone on to win in Scotland and uh, and, and so on. So um, I guess if you put yourself in the position enough times, things will uh, things will things will go your way. But um, yeah, but uh, over in Scotland, I don't know how you got on with um, uh, your, your bets, but uh, it wasn't my week really. Uh, although my man Wyndham Clark played well, I was uh, disappointed with Ricky Fowler who faded away. I think the pressure just got to him over the weekend, but. Um, but I did have some success yesterday. I don't know if you um, saw my Sunday column I, I put up and uh, do the Sunday column for Sporting Life. And um, last week I put up um, Bez, Bez Aidenhoot, uh, um, each way at 50 to 1. Uh, at the John Deere uh, last last Sunday, and he came through and finished second. So that was a full place payout because it's three places basically on the Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and yesterday I put up Tom Kim uh, or Yu Hung Kim, as his uh, proper name goes, and um, he was 150 to one yesterday morning for three places each way. And again, he got um, obviously bogey the last to slip back into third, but uh, that was a full place payout as well. So very nice, 30 to one shot if you like. So um, uh, so that was good. Um, but uh, yeah, frustrating with with, with Ricky. How did, how did you go with your bets? And indeed, how did the DK go? Did you did you get involved with the Scottish DK much? Yeah, oh yeah, big time. I loved that event. I thought any I like the events more, Martin, where you do have the stronger field. So very excited yeah. about this week again. I think when it's the the weaker fields like a John Deere, it's not saying that you can't get an edge to it. I mean, you can, of course, mm -hmm. using the same data and going through and making sure you're setting yourself up properly to have a chance at the top, but. It, it is more variant in the sense that, you yeah. know, it's anyone's game when they're making that many birdies, eagles, et cetera, versus the tougher conditions could sometimes help with that a little bit. So I did have Spieth at 40 to one. So that kind of stung at the end there. He, he had a chance. Yeah. It looked like he was finding his way back into it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That close approach, he made that. And then the double bogey right after to fall off completely and just out of it from, from a mental standpoint, it seemed. But hey, it's the week before a major. He maybe peaked enough for himself and yeah. we'll talk about him for this week we will we will certainly talk about him yeah absolutely yeah. and um and then yeah. Dra DraftKings was a decent week it wasn't the best overall but i did pick up a ticket to the big show we call it the mega this week so on DraftKings for all of the majors including this week they have a four thousand four hundred and forty four dollar buy-in mega which is a million dollars up top it's about 634 guys or so in the field uh, guys and girls in the field, and and I'll be in that this week. I did pick up a ticket to it for a from a thirteen dollar qualifier, so I'm excited about that. That was a good takedown Fantastic. for the week, yeah. and get back to the big show for the big one this week. Absolutely, and uh, I guess we should have a word about um, before we move on to the open. Obviously, have have a word about the big victory last week for Trey Molinex <laughs> because uh, uh, I mean. You know, I'm, I'm chuckling, but uh, I, I actually love and you know, without getting into a, a live conversation, and I and I listened to um, 
Uh, I listened to the pod last week with uh, Kenny, uh, obviously the uh, Fancy Golf Degenerates podcast. If, podcast. Um, if you've never listened, uh, uh, listeners, do listen in. It's a must for DraftKings and um, just great chat. So I was listening to you and Kenny last week, and as, as you say, or Kenny was saying, he's he, he's got to the point where he doesn't want to keep going over the, the live golf narrative, as it were, and either you want to watch it or you don't want to watch it, right. each to their own, as, as, as it were. But, uh, um, but the point I'm making here is, is to me, Mullin X's win last night is is actually to an extent what the PGA Tour is all about. You know that guy who um, uh, who, who's never quite got it together, been battling for his card, and then he gets that life changing win. And and I just love watching things like that. And uh, I tuned into the other if you saw the end of that last night and uh, saw him make birdie uh, to take down Streelman on the last hole. But uh, um, you know, give give me that all day long than uh, some guy winning four million bucks in a in a meaningless event. So uh, um, did did you see any of that at all? Oh yeah, or, uh... I, I would I could tell you exactly to, to tell you the the Mullinex fist pumps. After yeah. making that putt, that's what it's made of. You you talked yeah. about it there. I think the the live versus PGA thing, just to put a button on it, just to say it, like you said it there, was key to me. Is it's totally different. If you don't like watching it, like Kenny said, don't watch it. And and it's if it's yeah. not for you, you don't. I wouldn't tune in. But it is totally different. You made a great mm-hmm. point there. Watching a guy like Mullinex change his life, continue to go on, have his family there, all of that is just so meaningful. And that mm-hmm. is the part of what I love as well about the PGA. And I know that live detracts from that. But at the same time, what Kenny and I were trying to say on the pod, I think, was that that's why if it's happening, it's happening. There's nothing that we can really do to stop it. Mm. So there is going to be comments and people that do still talk about it. But, yeah, I'm with you. The Mullinax win, the fist pumps, staying calm because he knows there's a veteran in Streelman right there that's in close himself that knows how to make that left to right putt. And he just did not make it. And that means the W for for Mullinax, who has a crazy background story. I know you talked about the the Bezadenhout. Uh, um, each way placement a couple weeks back. He has his own yeah. story, but Mullinax yeah. with the ball to the back of the head and the concussion and yeah, battling yeah. his way through and then coming all the way back and now locking up a win. I think it was just over $650,000. It's a ticket that he got. He got on the plane, I'm sure, last night or early this morning to head to yeah. St. Andrews, get to play in the 150th Open. Just a an absolutely incredible story for him, for his family, and for the game of golf in general, like you said. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I was happy to nick the place with Vince Whaley as well. So, um, yeah, that was good. Because uh, to be honest, I thought uh, his bogey at 17, he'd, he'd blown it because I was only on for the six places. But um, <laughs> I, I pressure... took it as well because I had two guys up there. I had uh, Matty Schmid yeah. and, and I had Whaley. And yeah. I thought there was no way that that Schmidt is going to lose the placement. Yeah. And I didn't think there was any way Whaley was going to get the placement. Yeah. And then yeah. it flip-flopped and they were at very similar numbers. I think I had them at 80 and 90 at both yeah. of the top five each way. So I was happy to at least get one. I was never expecting both. So it's kind of one of those feel-good stories. If you're not getting a winner and you're cheering on a placement, that's the, yeah. uh, the only other good time that you have with that other than recuperating. So recouping some of your pro- your, your betting for the week. Yeah, so so hopefully that uh, sees the um, turn in my fortunes, as it were, because that's the sort of thing that was going against me for uh, most of this season. So to have have uh, Whirly nick that place like that when I thought he was done for on the place front once he bogeyed seventeen, so uh, so um, that uh, put me in a positive uh, positive mood with the, uh, the 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 Tom Kim place uh, on the uh, the pit yesterday as well. So yeah. Um, so anyway, let's that's enough talk of last week. Let's let's move on to what we're what we're here for, um, which is of course the year's final major, the Open Championship, the 150th playing um, at St. Andrews. And uh, the thing I was curious to actually ask you before we get into sort of the course and and all the rest of it is um, 
I work on the assumption that if you're American, uh, then the biggest week of the year is the US Open, obviously. Uh, if you're British, the biggest week of the year is is the Open Championship, as, as we call it. Um, from a Canadian perspective, would you see this as this is your biggest week of the year, or is it is it the US Open, or is there not much to call between them? Well, that's, uh, that's who the, uh, here or not. <laughs> no, that's the best part. I always say, Martin, that's the best part about being Canadian. We always get to pick our our own pick and choose, right? We don't have it. I mean, yeah. obviously, we have the RBC Canadian Open, which was great, course, yeah. by yeah, the yeah. way. Speaking of uh, great events this season, that was just an awesome finish with Rory, JT, Finau, everybody in the mix. And we'll talk more on that with Finau later, I'm sure. But just in general, uh, I personally say flip-flop. I know everyone loves the Masters, as do I. It's just the history, Augusta National Golf Club, all those factors that make it so good. But I was saying this year, when I got to the U.S. Open, it just reminded me how much I love the U.S. Open. And now, yeah. funny as that is, the minute I got on the podcast with Kenny yesterday, I said, honestly, I flip-flopped. Maybe it's because it's the, the 150th, but this is a classic Canadian, right? Just playing both sides of the fence, trying to yeah. fit in and, and be nice guy about everything. But I do like uh, the Open always for the primetime golf. But this yeah. year is just something even more special to it, obviously, with the 150th yeah. anniversary. Tiger is back on the grounds, just yeah, playing a course. bunch of yeah. holes and practice rounds and things like that. So yeah. just a, an incredible field, incredible uh, place to be a feel going into this event. So I'm very excited for this week, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what sort of coverage. Are. I mean, I guess, um, of course, you'll get the Golf, Golf Channel over there in Canada. And I guess you're getting sort of a live from the open with, um, you know, Brandle or Frank Novello or whoever. Yeah, usually uh, that's what it is. Yeah, we, we've started already with live from the range at nine o'clock this morning. Uh, so they were out sort of the camp, you know, the, the Sky Sports guys were out there dissecting the uh, uh, the, the, the swings on the range. Uh, you know, a bit of coverage of Tiger, who was out at seven o'clock this morning playing and, and looking a bit, um, uh, as, as we know, he is a bit, um, uh, you know, struggling a bit with the walk and what have you, a bit stiff, yeah. I guess is the word I'm looking for. So, uh, but um, yeah, so it's really, um, you know, it's, it's wall-to-wall golf uh, on the, uh, on our TVs this week, um, much to the delight of Mrs. Sundog, as you can imagine. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, but um, yeah, St. Andrews, uh, obviously a par 72, measuring just over 7,300 yards um, from a, a location point of view. And for those listening across the pond who might not be 100% uh, clear about where, where we are in Scotland. So we're on the east coast of Scotland. We're about um, uh, 50 miles north of Edinburgh, um, about uh, 10, 15 miles south of Dundee. Uh, St. Andrews is a famous um, university town as well. It's where uh, I think Prince William went to university for uh, the royalists amongst us and um uh it's uh, of course um yeah just a beautiful coastal area um and uh, known as as the home of golf um uh do you uh, here's a question for you tell a quick quiz question for you um do you know when the golf was first recorded at being played in st andrews on the links roughly 1473 well, that's good enough. I'll give you that. Um, I think it um, uh, goes back to the early 1400s. So, okay. uh, um, yeah, the early 1400s. And apparently, um, your history lesson um, is that James II banned the game in 1457 uh, as he felt it was distracting young men from their archery. 
Um, and then the ban was lifted by James the Fourth in 1507, and um, obviously it was uh, onwards and upwards from there. So yeah, um, so yeah, um, that's why it's known as the home of golf. Um, the old course though uh, wasn't actually open for play until um, I believe uh, around uh, 1890 something or another, uh, 1895. That's right, uh, and um, that was designed by Tom Morris, and um, that was when it was given its name as the old course. So um it's um it's what a slightly strange par 72 in that there's only two par fives and two par threes uh and 14 par fours uh several of which are, are drivable um particularly with the uh firm fast conditions we're anticipating this week um there's a lot of talk, uh, and I'm sure this is the same conversation you're having on all your, uh, you, you know, your content you're doing this week. So there's a lot of talk that if the wind doesn't blow, which of course is the course's main defence, uh, that the modern player can basically overpower St Andrews, and we could see a sort of record lowest winning score. Um, you know, 20 under par, I think, is uh, the record from um, Henrik Stenson at Troon. So um, fortunately, though, I don't know what weather forecast you've seen, Tyler, but fortunately, it looks like we are going to get some wind so um i think sort of 20 25 miles an hour plus is is certainly uh in the first three days in the forecast as it stands it might drop a little bit on sunday but um there should be enough there if they managed to if they managed to get the rough up and it was quite wet earlier in the year so they've got the rough up um got the firm fast conditions um and obviously some wind blowing then that should just about keep the players uh, honest as it were so um yeah um what what are you looking for in the course um um yeah obviously Obvious linked connections or any other angles you're picking up? Mostly to what you talked about there. I think the weather is the big factor. Like I keep hanging on. People are, well, you're doing content. You're doing all this stuff. You're talking about it. So yeah, it's like, it's a first look. It's an if-then scenario, like where we can find some some angles. We definitely have guys we like. There's guys I've bet because I like their numbers no matter what. And I think that they're strong enough to be able to battle through any conditions. But I think that was the most interesting talking point, Martin, just in the scoring like, you know, even today, I think Jack Nicholas had come out and said that, look, it's not a big deal. If it does go crazy low, it's going to be the best players in the world going crazy low. They all get the sort of the same setup. Now, there is the, the setup where they all go off of T number one and where they could have those pockets of guys that get a little bit lucky in the sense of kind of like the year that uh, Stenson and Phil went off at True, yeah. as you mentioned. But that was different weather, right? That was much more heavy, higher yeah. wind, different setup, all the totally different course, everything that goes with it. But I will say this, like, it does you know, it's, it seems odd to me that just everyone assumes like 25 under right out of the gates or something like that, because yeah. it's still a major setup. Everyone that's yeah. there right now, that's a great day in the day and age that we're in. You get all these course reports mm. immediately. People there, it's fast. It's firm. It's already yeah. tough. And we're talking on a Monday. What do you think yeah. it's going to be like by Thursday? What do you think it's going to get to by Saturday on moving day or Sunday mm. to round this thing out? Like, I, I just have a hard time seeing it. Could one or two guys break it and, and get up there? Sure if the wind stays down, but at the same time, like you said, it's already picking up a little bit and we're looking at forecasts on Monday for Thursday for Scotland. Yeah. To me, you don't got to be, you know, I'm Canadian. Sure. But you don't got to be a rocket scientist to know that's a pretty crazy idea to start looking into weather this early. Yeah. It's just a, a talking piece for right now for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we, we're reasonably accurate over here without our forecast, but like, I mean, I say this every week in my preview that uh, I put a weather forecast in there and then say it could, could change considerably. And, and yeah, that could obviously be the case this week, but, uh, but I, I think, you know, everything's leading to the fact, I mean, it's not changed the last few days of forecast. Everything's leading to the fact that we are going to get some wind, but you know, even on the day, it sometimes says it's, it's going to blow and then it doesn't blow or, or vice versa. So you, you just don't know, but, um, yeah, 
Yeah, it's. Uh, um, I've got a feeling that Stenson's record won't be beaten, but that's just just my hunch. So we we, we shall see. So, yeah. Um, looking at uh, some of the recent winners we've had here over the years, uh, we've got um, Maura Cartwell over the, uh, here, of course. Diff different courses year on year, needs to say. But um, Colin Morikawa last year um, uh, came. Uh, very, very, I mean, as much as he was one of the world's leading players already, I don't think anyone was expecting him to um, uh, come and lift the claret jug last year, particularly after what he did it in um, the Scottish open the week before which wasn't much um shane lowry and port rush of course um much much more um uh you know pickable winner as it were um uh, francesco molinari was a perfect example of um the recent form uh he'd um uh, gone one two in his previous two starts came straight off the plane from the john deere uh jordan spieth had won at the travelers in his previous start so um uh, and then if we go further back obviously zach johnson um was in decent nick when he won here uh so um yeah it's a um it's a pretty mixed bunch of of, of winners but um I guess uh, you know, good solid form of late is something that they, they they've all had in in common. Um, the, the draw bias, of course, can play a huge part. So if we go back to two thousand and ten, uh, Louis Oosthuizen just got the got off to a flyer with the draw here and went on to win. Um, and, and like you say, when we're we're picking players at the beginning of the week, that's the un, unknown as to what the draw is going to be. Um, I had to laugh actually, Tyler, when um, it was at the uh, PGA Championship, I think it was, uh, and I, I, I moaned on Thursday that four of my five picks had been on the wrong side of the draw and uh, uh, and basically were sort of out of it before it started. Uh, to which someone on Twitter said to me, well, you know, I waited until Thursday morning for my picks to wait for the weather because we knew what the weather forecast was like or see what the weather forecast was like. Why, why didn't you wait? And I, I had to point out I'm providing content, doing pieces for Paddy Power and what have you, and I can't wait until uh, uh, can't wait until sort of Wednesday, Thursday, obviously. So um, uh, ultimately, we're in the hands of God, as it were, with regards to the, uh, the, any, any draw bias, aren't we? So. Yeah, just like the players in some cases. You know, it seems like Justin Thomas can't find a good weather draw lately, and he's made made yeah. it through in, in in some of those cases, even winning the PGA yeah, Championship. Actually, he actually won for the wrong side of the draw after all that. That's um, correct. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just funny, though. It's like you said, that's what you got to – you can still battle your way through. So, someone say yeah. it's not even just for the content. I, I've mentioned this all the time, too. Of course, you want to put something out for that, but that's why, like, for my focus usually, and same, no different for this week – when you hear the guys that I'm on for the week, these are probably the best numbers we'll see on them. And in some cases, yeah. they already are the best numbers because they've already changed today. And if they end up, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because the same guy that's saying that, well, what about when your guy gets the perfect edge of the weather draw and you already got this big number on him? Now it's gone in your favor now, hasn't it? So yeah. I think that's kind of the interesting angle to it as well. So I, my main focus is always... Who are the players? Are, do I think they're good enough to battle through any draw? Yeah. Or is the or or does the number make up for the difference? And when we talk about my first guy this week, the number makes up for do I really think he's going to do what we'll talk about? But the number I'm willing to pay based to find out based on that number. So that that's the difference where a lot of this stuff lies in betting. Yeah, no, absolutely, and you know, so, so obviously with certain players, you know, they've got got a price, as it were, and if they hit that price, you just think, well, I'm not going to turn it down, even if I don't necessarily think that uh, their their game's right where I want them to be, as it were. So, um, yep. so before we roll into the the picks, um, I'm going to pick my first tune for the uh, pod this week, um, and. Um, 
I'm actually going to go with a song from a Californian band, um, but um, it's uh, a song by a band called Best Coast, uh, and we are, um, uh, with with the poss possible exception of the California coast and me, the Pebble area, we are on certainly on the best piece of coast uh, in in the UK. Uh, the the song um, uh, is called The Only Place, uh, and um, if you listen to the lyrics in this tune, um, it talks about the only place to be, uh, looking at the sun and the sand and the sea and what have you. So, so um, uh, really is uh, fitting for this week because we'll no doubt get some wonderful views and scenery and um, uh, and this is certainly the only place to be this week and, and, and the best golfing coast. So uh, uh, if you're not familiar with Best Coast, they're uh, um, a, a, a duo. Um, Bethany, can't remember her second name, is the lead singer and they just make some great sort of uh, poppy, punky tunes and uh, really well worth a listen. So uh, that's my first song for the playlist. And don't forget, you can listen back um, uh, to it on Spotify afterwards when I'll be sharing it out. So um, another band I'm guessing you know, uh, Tyler, or do you know them at all? Or um... No, no, I don't. But I do like the line, we've got the ocean, got the babes, got the sun, we've got the waves. So I, I like that. I had to look it up here right quick just to uh, okay. I always like to fall in line and see what you're listening to here. So I, I like that, Martin. I know you well, joke. Listen, I'll, I'll be listening to your tune. So yeah. Yeah, got, got to check it out. I, I laughed when you put that on Twitter. You said, I don't think I'll be going to any of these concerts with Tyler, but we made a deal pre-show that we should let the listeners know about that if you're over here, we'll we'll go and there's a concert on that we go to, we'll go get a, get a couple of pints there. Or if I'm over there, there and there's something that you, you like, I would go with you. That was our deal we made. That's the deal. Absolutely. I'm with it 100%. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll listen through to I started listening to these tunes earlier and I will, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to your picks anyway. So I don't want to steal your thunder, but, um, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're not necessarily what will be going on on my, um, uh, my, my headphones on an average day, but, um, you know, gotta, gotta be open minded. So, um, yeah. Um, anyway, golf picks. Uh, that's what, um, probably most of the listeners are here for. So, um, you uh, lead us off, um, uh, Tyler. Who's who's your who's your first man for the week? Yeah, top of the card. I got it yesterday. I'm also happy to start my card here, just because it leaves me a little bit of room for the week. Obviously, you could have some chasers that come back from behind. You have all the stuff we talked about, waiting on the weather draw. So just starting with this pick, but I, I've got it, and I mentioned I, I teased it a little bit earlier and hinted at it. But um, my my pick is Colin Morikawa, and I got him yesterday. I got him at 40 to one. I had to sacrifice the top eight each way and just take the top five. But my worry was a proper worry. He did not come through today. He is not still boosted up to 40 with the top eight. They brought it back down to 28. And so when they boosted him up to 40 with the top five, I was still willing to take that. And my first tune, can I bring in my first tune now, Martin? You can bring in your first tune. Yeah, hit us with it. People, people should know the artist, at least. This guy is a worldwide, very famous in his own right. But he's also Canadian as Drake. And the song is back-to-back -back because, of course, Colin Morikawa winning this event would be going back-to-back. -back. And like I said, in talking about that, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. We already were shocked at him winning it last year, especially, like you said, the quotes and everything that had come out that he couldn't figure out the course and all the stuff. Of course, he more than figured it out. He won it and got the Claret Jug. But I think, at, like I said, at that number, at a number like 40, I'm just going to pay to find out. And because I have the top five each way, it's not like he has a, a bad history in these majors. Again, regardless of form coming in, he seems to just continuously show up at these majors. So I like having him on board with the each way placement of top five. 40 is a big number, especially when you consider some of the guys around him uh, that are in the field. When you look at some of the guys now, Cantlay, 28, never won a major. 
Uh, Cam Smith won the players, but not. Zalatoris has won Corn Ferry Tour win. Of course, his major record is one to speak on. It's been incredible mm. all season long. But again, that doesn't he doesn't have two majors like Colin Morikawa. Yeah. So when I get that number, to me, it's just an auto bet. And I'm happy to have it, like I said, with the five places on top, just based on how often he seems to at least give a, a, a chance at that, if not finishes top five or wins. Yeah, it's almost like, um, I guess, um, and I know people are beginning to run out of patience with him a little bit now, particularly as he's gone off to live, but it's almost like the Brooks Kepka auto bet in a major, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Sort of, uh, uh, you know, Morikawa's got that record and um, he just seems to show up in them all the time. So uh, there's no 40 to 1 over here, unfortunately. Uh, otherwise, that might have, might have tempted me. There's 30 to 1 for set seven places. Um, do you get any bigger than um, five places over there? Is it still just five, five places or do any further? No, we'll, any we'll get eight now. So starting today, uh, same as you guys, like because I'm Canadian, I can use bet 365 so yeah, yeah, um, yeah they're they're up to the top eight today but of course like i say you go to morikawa he's back to uh 33 actually they'll still offer with the boost and again some some prefer that i think that's sort yeah. of a a balancing act to each their own yeah. thing where could you take a 33 with eight places instead of a 40 with five but again mm -hmm. you also the, the going with that balancing act some will probably be able to to phase that out and say of course you want the extra places i know a lot of guys do but i also had to weigh the option of do they just put them back to 28 on the eight places, then I would rather have 40 with five. And again, he's shown yeah. he, not only does he have two majors again, you, the funniest part is what you just talked about is people oftentimes will sort of write these guys off when it hasn't happened for a little while, but fifth mm -hmm. at the U S open fifth at the masters just this season, regardless of the Scottish open and the rest of the way his years played out, he's yeah. somehow still shown up at these majors. So I've got no problem going back. And if you go back to last year, first, obviously winning this fourth at the U S open eighth at the PGA, and uh, didn't have the best result at the Masters, I don't believe, 18th or something. But still, yeah. uh, I'm happy with the five places on a guy like Morikawa. Yeah, no, can't argue with that. And uh, uh, and coming back to the uh, Drake tune, should I be giving a uh, uh, explicit content warning to our listeners? I, I would <laughs> or, recommend uh... it, I think, yes. Uh, I would suggest <laughs> for, for some of these songs. But I don't know about the last couple, but for sure, they're, they're more sort of fun-loving, good vibe jams. But this one, I think you could uh, put that on there just in case to be safe. Yeah, so here we, here we are, guys. Explicit content warning. So, um, uh, <laughs> Remember, yeah, too, I'll preface it now before we get to the rest of the picks. Last show, when I I came on with you martin you told me all my music was you weren't expecting me to go there and i told you it wasn't really my favorite songs but it was just i was trying to put something with the actual picks like i you know i yeah, use yeah. the um at sam underscore golf i use the tune that he used for the parody yeah, song yeah, right yeah, and I, yeah, I went yeah. that route and you didn't yeah. like my music then either so we're at least even on knowing <laughs> that but you've been a good sport about it so i appreciate you putting up with me but this time I did go with songs that I've either listened to in the past or would still listen to at any given moment moment in my headphones now. Yeah, well, you can't have back to back is obviously um, uh, a very appropriate title for for, for Morikawa. So um, uh, yes, um, and um, I must admit I've never probably listened to a Drake song in full before, and uh, um, it's uh, it's interesting, shall we say? Another so, Canadian too, remember? He's Canadian as well. Yep. So there you yeah. go. Um, my first pick this week. Um, I'm going with Jordan Spieth. Uh, and uh, it's, um, I mean, of course, you can make a case for pretty much any of these guys uh, at the top of the market. And uh, I mean, um, you know, just looking, because we haven't really touched on the betting market, but looking at the market, we've got uh, 
uh, Rory there. Um, uh, you can get uh, double figures uh, in a few places now, but uh, he's as short as sort of eight uh, eight to one. Uh, quite a few of the firms here. Uh, Xander's right in now at um, uh, as short as eleven to one in certain places, but um, uh, still get some sixteens if you only want the five places each way. Uh, John Rahm eighteens, uh, and then it's Jordan Spieth uh, eighteen to one nine places each way is the odds I've, I've taken. So um, and. He's, it's been a bit funny, Jordan Spieth, the way he, he's performed over the last uh, 12, 18 months. I mean, he, he had obviously the, the horror period where he was lost completely and could barely find a fairway and it was going both ways, etc. Um, and then um, he hit the purple patch at the beginning of last year, uh, first of all, at um, the waste management and uh, went on from there until he got the win in Texas. But uh, what we've seen from him since is that um, he, he seems to perform on the courses you'd expect him to perform on, but other Otherwise, he's been a little bit hit and miss, really. So, um, I mean, I guess the biggest exceptional disappointment to that was Augusta, where you'd expect him to perform and he missed the cut. But uh, um, otherwise, and I say going back to when he won in Texas last year, uh, he's... Um, uh, he had a runner-up at St. George's, uh, Royal St. George's in the Open, and of course I'll touch more on his Open record in a minute because it's a big part of uh, why I'm on, on him this week. Um, then he, um, you know, sort of went off the boil a little bit really at the back end of the year, uh, started 2022 slowly, but then second at Pebble Beach, another track we know he likes, and back on the coast, obviously. Um, then um, it was a, a little bit of a quiet period again. Uh, then, uh, then he wins at Hilton Head, so again, um, fitting well with the type of course that we know he likes um, some good stuff um, in a couple more Texas events. Uh, then, um, you know, down the field again. And then um, uh, he suddenly um, starts to show up again in Scotland where, uh, um, of course, he's back on his, his favourite links. And, and that's a, a big part of it this week, of course. We know that Jordan Spieth loves this kind of test. Um, he was fourth, just missing out on the three-way playoff um, here in 2015. Uh, he won at Birkdale. I was there that week. Um, I was on Matt Coocher, and I still can't quite believe how Cooch didn't get the win that week. But uh, obviously what Jordan did was incredible. Uh, and, um, yeah, he, he just um, seems to love this kind of challenge uh, where you can get creative around the greens. I know he misses a few short ones, but, uh, uh, you know, his lag putting and his touch around the greens. Um, and so we're going to get firm, fast conditions this week. Should be absolutely perfect for him uh and i've just got i don't know about you tyler but i've got a picture in my head of uh, almost sort of burked all over again where jordan's sort of out in the fescue and comes up with some kind of miracle shot and then pitches in from about 80 foot from the edge of the green and that kind of thing so i just think it sets up perfectly for him this week and um i was you know um i know you had a bet on him but i was uh, uh happy to see him just stall at the last yesterday because i didn't really want him to get get the win and have all that added pressure on him so um uh yeah it's it's speed for me this 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 week um yeah. have you got any real thoughts on him uh, yeah it could, it could be a perfect storm for you i think that last part you just mentioned right last week uh, he was one of the guys boosted up to 40 i know many had bet him at 30 and now, yeah. and that the point for me there was like for those that weren't weren't realizing it or focusing on it or paying attention to it, the strength of field last week was like six, almost six fifty. This week, yeah. I'm not sure what it is yet, but I'm sure it's going to be eight hundred ish or whatever based on it being a major. So yeah. either way, the point was more that it was a very strong field. So I like that number. It wasn't like it was that much different of a challenge from the the players he was up against. So. I like that. I didn't want to see it. You know, if he, if I got it, I was more than happy, but I, d I don't, I didn't really want to get involved this week at like 18 or 16 in some places. The, the yeah. numbers are, 
are good and he's well deserving of it. But for me, that's where I was just sort of hanging on at the top of the board. Even X, he goes on to win. So like you said, now he's cut to 16, 14, some places less. So it's like, it's very, very tough with these guys at the top. And of course, that's always the dilemma with Rory, who you mentioned earlier as well too, mm-hmm. like just in mentioning him, but it's, you know, do you want to bet him or do you want to bet more guys? And if do you think Rory gets there, then, you know, you go that way or Spieth gets there. But otherwise, I like betting a lot more guys like 40 and above. I, f- I feel better about it, even though it's likely the winner comes from less than that. I'd rather take my chances on some of these guys. I think there's true winning equity in some of these guys as well. Yeah, I, I think the, the problem is that you always get in the majors is, um, and I'm speaking for the firms on this side of the pond, bookmaker wise, mm-hmm. um, is that uh, they go out to the 11, 12 places each way, um, which of course means that um, it makes it more attractive to back someone at three figures who you think might just nick 11th place and give you a nice return. But yeah. they're not going to give much away on, you know, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, uh, if you're getting 11 places each way, because we, we all know that um, the, the elite guys, even if they don't have their A game, uh, will find a way of sort of backdooring into sort of ninth place or something like that. So, um, and I guess that's the thing with with Spieth this week. I've gone two and a half points each way and, and you look at his open record uh, and, um uh, like I said, uh, we've got the second place last year. Uh, didn't quite have it at uh, Port Rush. Um, uh, we was twentieth, then the ninth the year before. Uh, obviously, one at Birkdale, thirtieth um, the year before, and then fourth here in two thousand and fifteen. So, so basically, four of the last um, six, uh, he would have delivered that uh, place return. So, um, you, you know, based on if you were going top top nine, which I am at this week. So, um, so um, yeah, I just. Uh, um, ultimately, as you say, it's likely the winner will come from someone uh, near the top end of the market. And, um, you, you know, I just uh, I, I couldn't avoid him this week. So um, so he's my first pick. I'm going to um, roll straight into my second, if that's all right with you, Tyler, because yeah. I think I've got a couple more selections than, than you. So I'd only uh, have you have you running out of your, your picks uh, while I've still got a bunch to go. So uh, so I'll stro- roll straight on. Um, and I'm going with uh, Cameron Smith. Uh, and um, again, um, I've taken nine places each way. It's William Hills who are offering the nine places each way. Uh, and uh, it's 28 to one, two points each way. And whilst there's a little bit of concern about how Cam Smith has sort of play, played the last few, well, until this last weekend when he, he, he produced a top 10 in Scotland, he'd gone slightly off the boil. I was on a memorial and he was all over the show despite having a good good finish. He was just couldn't find a fairway or anything. But um uh, but ultimately, he just again, he just has, you know, to me, he's got made, he's got open champion written all over him, and uh, uh, I mean, it's just the obvious connections, you know, brought up on the uh, Australian coast, used to firm, fast, windy conditions. You know, he's won two Aussie PGAs, uh, he's won twice in Hawaii. Um, he's got that tremendous putting touch on or around the greens. Uh, he, he just everything screams to me that Cam Smith will win one of these one day. Uh, and um, he's actually not played particularly well in his um, uh, his opens so far. But uh, um, I just uh, there was enough about what he did in Scotland last week to think that um, he's sort of getting himself. Um, uh, you know, back back on track after a slight um, slight lull around sort of the U.S. Open and and what have you. So, um, 
I just thought if he can bring you, I mean, it's obviously all ifs and, ifs and ends, but if he can bring the approach game that he's had this season and was back on show for the majority of um, uh, the, the week um, at the Renaissance Club, uh, and um, and then obviously the short game that we know he has, the short game magic, uh, you know, brilliant lag putter, uh, pitcher, etc. Um, and uh, we get those firm conditions. I, I just think this will, you know, be absolutely perfect for him so uh and um i do like the fact uh, i think something that's been very much a trend of the open over recent years uh is that um uh, a lot of the winners have uh, already bagged a trophy earlier in the year so uh so that's the sort of theme that i've got through the majority of my picks this week and uh cam smith obviously has already got two two trophies in his locker already this 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 week so um so i thought 28 to 1 i mean um uh, i think that reflects the fact that uh, uh he slipped um slipped slightly off the radar over the last um uh, you know last few starts since say the us open and what have you but uh, um yeah i think um he, he just screams open champion to me and um i he, you know if i wasn't on him he would be the one player at the price that i'd be really uh uh you know pissed off about nothing being on to me, <laughs> bluntly. so uh um i'm happy to me you know i mean you obviously got others there like shane lowry and what have you and uh, i've been on shane lowry a few times this year and it'll sting slightly if he, he goes ahead and wins um but i'm you know if i miss shane lowry at uh, sort of 20 to 1 I'm, I'm not gonna lose too much sleep over it similarly sort of tommy fleetwood at 30 odd, odd to 1 so um but um yeah, yeah, so it's Smith I, I like that one quite a bit, actually. That was one uh, I'm, I'm not focused on that as much, but I do think that like from that number standpoint, we talked about 28 is more than fair. And I, I love it. I, I even think it's a good value. I, I like him more on DraftKings, which we sometimes talk a little bit about, but I think he's 9,500 yeah. over there. But to your point, a couple things on him, I'll add right quickly. Just one, a guy that earlier in the season, it was just him versus Scotty as the hottest players in the world. Then yeah, you have yeah. Sam Burns get into the mix. Now you have Xander steaming up and picking up with these wins that it's like you said, people just quickly gloss over. It's always what's the next shiny new toy and forget yeah. about the old. And that's where you can kind of find a little bit of that value. And so I like from that perspective, also just two things, the course setup is seemingly perfect for him. It's a guy that's added some distance to his game, not known for being long, but neither is like Matt Fitzpatrick who just won the U S open. And he's, he added some to his distance and then goes on and wins the U S open. So I could see something like that. Also the, the course set up the scoring, even if you go back to last week where it's different, but still in Scotland, the idea of how many missed putts and how many opportunities, it was the PGA championship where I believe he had 11. I think it was 11 missed inside of 10 and a half feet and 17 lip outs total for Cam Smith. And yeah. then last week, uh, very similar. Like the guy just missed so many putts. that's not like him. So uh, he actually made some too. People would say he putted well, but if you were watching or following it, like he actually missed a bunch. So for him to battle back, uh, make the cut on the number, a little bit of grind there to show he wants it, mm -hmm. and then go through the weekend the way he did to grab himself. What was it? A top 15 in the end? A 13th? or 10th, uh, yeah, yeah. 10th, actually, yeah. yeah. It was I yeah. thought it was 13th for some reason. 10th, where he came through at. Like, that to me is just the grit that we want for something like this. It still is a grind. Uh, any any open, or when it was the British Open, or whatever, then now it's called the Open. But any open like this is always a grind, and Cam Smith is a good guy for that. So I think, like you said, that's the one that I actually like up there probably the most of all the guys that you mentioned like if you were going lowry i mentioned zalatoris earlier yeah. can't lay i would still want cam smith actually and i, I like him quite a bit this week so i love that call. yeah um guess i was actually gonna ask you anyway following on from from that any of the other guys there at the top appeal to you at all what, what are you what are you expecting out of rory this week um 
Yeah, Rory's interesting for sure. I like I said, I don't want to bet him at that number. I could see why some do. Uh, maybe you bet him on a first round leader and just hope he gets that great start. Again, wait and see because yeah, that yeah. number probably won't change that much. So if you find out he gets a good side of the, you know, a good if he goes off at a good window or pocket, if you will, yeah, in yeah. that wind, and you like it, then maybe get after him on a first round leader. He does that quite a bit. But I will say this, you know, someone brought up this point today. I think I saw it was that, you know, he's never had three top or sorry, four top tens in, in the majors in the same season. And he already has three top tens. Again, this okay. is narratives and trends and things like that. Yeah, we, bring, yeah. uh, we always bring these up at the uh, the majors. So yeah. I think that is interesting. The other thing is, you know, we, we didn't see him here in 2015 with the ankle. So his last time here competitively, right, mm. was back in 2010. Yeah, and then yeah. you go to his history, it's phenomenal. So it's just a matter of, you know, do you think he shows up as the Rory of what we've seen lately where the results are, are pretty strong beforehand? Uh, I know it's uh, been a bit of a down swirl in the last couple, but if you just look in general, uh, obviously you, there's nothing bad to say about Rory. I have bigger questions and, and interests in Rom and Justin Thomas, not from a betting yeah. perspective, but just what do you see out of those guys? I'll ask you, Martin, with Rom and who, you know, is perceived as having a horrible year, even though he's not that bad. It's just not what yeah. you expect for Rom. And then Justin Thomas had the, you know, he cited the back injury at the Travelers for the withdrawal. Yeah. He goes yeah. out and shoots, what, 11 over at the Scottish? Yeah, yeah. And then he's yeah, yeah. happily out playing a practice round with Tiger on Saturday. So what, what do you think is going on with him? More interested or concerned with him than I do with Rom. But what are your thoughts on those two guys at the top? Yeah, I mean, Rom, as, as you say, it's all, it's all relative. Obviously, and he's got the win in Mexico only um, what, five starts ago. But uh, um, he, he's made a habit in his time of, um, you, you know, pitching up and um, winning those events where he's the absolute star in a fairly low-key field and uh, you know he's done it over in Europe in Spain and what have you and uh, um and um yeah so he, he produced that again in Mexico but otherwise it has been for his for a player of his caliber it has been a, a disappointing season and he just he just looks frustrated all the time doesn't he and yeah. um uh, and now you know how much do we read into 55th place in uh, at the Scottish Open, you know, again, we can refer back to Morikawa last year to realise that uh, we don't necessarily have to read too much into it. But um, uh, it, it was just more of the same and more of a pattern, if you like, that, um, uh, you, you know, would I be surprised if he suddenly found it and uh, and, and won? Um, no, obviously, it wouldn't be a huge surprise. And, he, and he's made no secret of the fact what it would mean to him to win at St Andrews following in Seve's footsteps. So, um uh, from that point of view, I think if I was going to choose one of them, I would probably choose Rahm over Justin Thomas. Um, Justin Thomas, as you say, he uh, obviously has had the uh, slight injury concern. And um, yeah, he uh, it was interesting because I saw him in an interview. Uh, uh, I can't. Um, I think it might have been when he was up at um, uh, sort of on Sky Sports News or whatever after he'd headed over to St Andrews um, uh, over the weekend. That interview with him, uh, and while he was being interviewed, he was sort of stretching his neck out and sort of you know twisting around and what have you, as though he was in some kind of discomfort and what have you. So, I mean, it might have been something and nothing, but um, uh, so I, I would be wary of him. And it was just, I mean, it was that bad last week that you sort of think, okay, um, has he sort of peaked for the time being, obviously, with the win earlier in, in the year at the PGA? And um, 
Um, yeah, he, he he disappointed. I was on him at the U.S. Open, and he disappointed then. And um, yeah, so so I would ra- I would rather Ram out of the two. Um, uh, JT's open record, although we know he's a good field player, good imagination, good in the wind, etc., as he showed at uh, Southern Hills. But um, he's yet to do anything in the Open, really. Which um, um, you, you know, he's he's got what? Well, he's got an eleventh and a couple of missed cuts, and fortieth and a fifty-third, I think. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, um, yeah, so it'd be wrong for me out of the two, but um, I'm giving yeah neither of them for me this week from a, a betting. Perspective. Yeah, not not much else up here that fan, that I fancy either. So when you look at some of these other guys, I guess people are talking a little bit. Little bit I hear about buzz around DJ and Brooks. Do you just bet them at those numbers as the auto bets for the major history and for the fact that DJ was not great at the live event, but he showed yeah. something and you know, he was 24th or whatever it was at the U S open. So I guess some people want to go there just based on that. I, I would have to look at it more and think about it. I see 40 on Dustin Johnson, 50 on Brooks Kepka. but you know, again, I've, I'm taking chances on guys a little bit longer that probably aren't better than them, but uh, I just would rather take the shot of them not knowing much about where these guys are at with the game and haven't shown me enough to get interested at those numbers. Yeah, I mean, D- DJ did interest. I did think about DJ, and um, it sort of leads on to the bigger question I was going to ask you anyway. And that, uh, how I mean, how are you viewing the live guys from the point of view of, um, uh, you, you know, at this point, I mean, it's too soon to say that they lost a competitive edge or whatever, but um, maybe they will have done with the amount of money they've had. I don't know. So, uh, obviously, they've not um, had any competitive links warm up, and it's debatable how competitive the uh, uh, the Pumpkin Ridge event was so um you know when they, when did they are them last have any sort of really competitive golf so mm-hmm. um uh, and it's hard i mean uh, y- you know i don't know um to be honest because i haven't really focused in on on the live um uh, events at all i don't know if there's any stats out there yet i don't know if you've seen anything if you can get any strokes game data or anything like that if anyone's putting any they, they do it yeah it. they do it by hand they still talk about uh total putts hold and they they right. put it all out by sort of pen and paper, but it goes out digitally, uh, you know, on a computerized sheet that you can see for, um, you know, after the each round or whatever, and then they have one at the end of the tournament. So I have looked at yeah. it for sure. Um, Louis is the the interesting one because he's, yeah. uh, he's also here. Louis is what? Yeah, uh, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. 50. I mean, maybe bigger yeah. numbers out there somewhere, but yeah. I don't know. I keep going back and forth between Louis and DJ. Those were the two that I had the most interest in. And DJ, uh, like if you go DraftKings, it's only $400 mm-hmm. more to get to DJ over Louis. And while Louis is, a winner at this course and second uh the other time the last two times he's played it the rest of his you know the last what 10 years since 2011 in in the open the only thing better than that you know the second place in 2015 was a 20th in 2019 a 19th mm-hmm. back in 2012 a lot of missed cuts a wd a 54th like maybe he really does just love this place but we also yeah. take it off of what a two two open sample that are from yeah. 2010 and 2015. Now we're in 2022. So, yeah. uh, you know, that could change. And so DJ is the interesting one. I just mm. still think I would have more interest in him on DraftKings than I would in actually betting him outright. So we'll see. You know, it's always interesting, DJ. Uh, what's the auto bet number on DJ or Brooks? That's sort of the question, Martin, yeah, that yeah. people are having. Where What does that number have to get to for you to just hit the button and say, you know, screw it, I'm going to bet him no matter what? 
Well, I mean, Brooks is now 50 to 1 over here and DJ's 40 to 1 and I've not bet either of them. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah so it's, 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 and, and um, I mean, DJ was more tempting than, than Brooks. Uh, but um, I, I guess uh, if DJ had been at, um, you know, put another 10 points on each of them, and I think, uh, uh, yeah, I certainly would have um, uh, be, been interested. But uh, D, DJ at 50 to 1 would have, would have got very tempting because, because, uh, because he, in, in theory, has as the game for this uh, this type of track, and obviously came close um, in um, uh, in one open. Uh, gosh, I'm sure which one it was. Um, was it St George's the previous time? I think possibly, uh, but. Um, yeah, um, the one because I mean, I asked the question about whether you know how how we start to view these guys, these live guys, because I was starting to have the conversation about uh, Brandon Grace in my head because he, with a decent round yesterday, could have qualified, uh, and then you know we'd have been getting probably eighty to one or hundred to one or something like that, uh, and he of course won the four million bucks last time out at Pumpkin Ridge. Um, we know he loves Links Golf, loves an Open Championship. If he'd got in on the back of a top ten at uh, the Scottish, um, it'd have become a come a seriously interesting player. But um, obviously, we'd have been going on form partly from Live Golf, really. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, do, do you think? I mean, come let, let's assume come the Masters next year, that's the first time that the likes of DJ and Brooks say, um, or, or let's, let's take DJ as the example, because uh, he's obviously guaranteed the Augusta national pull a curveball. He's guaranteed it on the field as a past champion. Um, if, if DJ had been sort of, um, you know, he'd won a couple of live events and finished 10th in a couple more and stuff. Um, w would that be enough to tempt you? And what sort of, you know, how, how would you measure what he's doing against um, against the rest of the guys who are out on the PGA and the DP World Tour? It's going to be tricky, isn't it? It's, it's a great question. Yeah, I think I view it probably differently than most, as, as is often the case. I'm a bit of, contrarian, of a contrarian in that sense. But I think one thing that commonly gets thrown around right now. And I, I know why people say this, and I think even you are, are in this camp and that's okay. Everyone can have their own opinion on it is that it's not competitive golf. And yeah. I, to an extent, completely agree and understand where you're coming from. But I will also say this, like a lot of, play, like some of these guys compete for money. So the more money yeah. they can get, the better. Like when you're yeah. coming down the stretch and it's still $4 million on the line, it's not always DJ that's going to be in the mix that got the $120 yeah. million up front or Phil who hasn't yeah. even come close in a live event yet because he already has $200 million. And yeah. sometimes it's a guy like Brandon Grace and it showed. Yeah. He played really good, won the $4 million, jumped in the field as soon as he found out that some of these guys were allowed in last week to try and punch yeah. his ticket to the open. And he came really close. He played yeah. competitive golf with some of the best in the world. The form carried over. Yeah. It mattered for a guy like him still. And I think that's where people confuse it in some cases. It's yeah. all these guys that got paid the biggest money in the signing bonuses. I think, yes, yeah. it's a retirement plan. People talk about that. That, to me, makes sense from that perspective. They want to get in, get out, yeah. do their thing. Like DJ probably just wants to play for those four years he said that he signed on for and be yeah. done with it. But yeah, yeah. for other guys, I think you can still take something away from it is they look, they wanted to get money like some of these NFL or NBA superstars and collect big signing bonuses and get big payments mm. that way and just have something guaranteed. But at the same time, it's still going to matter. And then you have to think right now with where DJ's at that, you know, the legacy, he, everyone's saying he gave up the legacy and by rights he did because he went and took this money and joined live. But his legacy before that was that he was a great player, a lot of PGA Tour wins, probably not enough majors. Not that it didn't, like, Hall of Fame, everything all still stands, but I'm saying 
he should have won more majors is the sentiment around yeah. DJ. If he's still playing in majors and he is including this week and he's allowed to, and he is up till this point, I yeah. think he's still going to be trying and it's just whether or not he can show up in these. It's like asking about tiger, not on the live topic. So don't come at me everybody for this. I'm just saying if you, if you want, when we talk about tiger for this week, if we do, yeah. Is Tiger capable of winning this? It's Tiger Woods, of course. Do you think right now, do I think right now, do a lot of people think that it's going to be a challenge? Of course it's going to be, but he's Tiger Woods. Maybe he can go and do it. But my point would be he's going to continue to try and win these majors yeah. until he no longer can. So regardless yeah. of what golf DJ is playing or how competitive he needs to be on the live tour, which he doesn't, yeah. I still think when it comes to majors, guys like him, guys like Patrick Reed, uh, Louis, all those guys, they still want to cement it. Like Louis wants to get another man. This is a chance for him. He is definitely, in my yeah. opinion, going to be out there and doing absolutely everything possible to get there. Mm -hmm. It's just whether or not they can. And like you said, does their mindset now go to a different standpoint where they think they don't have to because they've already got the money either way so they can just rest easy? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. And of course, I take your point very much about you've got to view different players and what they're, um, you know, what that what what pressure they're under or how you know how how hard they're battling for it on on live to others. So yeah, to to, to DJ, um, it's not going to meet. You know, he's not saying of course he'd be trying to win, but uh, there's not the pressure of trying to win or to have the big finish for the big money as there would be for I don't know a Henny Duplessis or someone like that. Of course, right. yeah, I, I totally get that. So because uh, you know it's life life changing money, isn't it? For you know these if Peter Uline suddenly found himself uh, with a chance of winning the four million bucks, it's it's a complete life changer for him obviously so um yes. yeah I, I get that so um so a, another quick music pick for me before we roll on to uh uh our next picks and um i'm going with another band um who are a scottish band um and um they're called geneva uh and the song here um i've gone with is into the blue uh geneva were a band around um in the sort of uh uh late 80s early 90s um uh, an alternative band um lead singer who goes by the name of Andrew Montgomery so there's another another pick uh, another link to the pick there with uh, obviously St Andrews Andrew Montgomery uh has um uh, this um a tremendous sort of uh, voice of an angel as it was described as and um they're a great uh, a great guitar band great tune uh and um yeah do give it a listen uh it's called Into the Blue uh and um it's by Geneva so um that's uh, that's my next musical pick um on with the uh golf picks and um your next man is a man that actually i was very close to going with and i just uh, uh he, he's the one that i would be shaking my head if he uh, if he got over the line because uh, I, was, I was very tempted so um yeah tell us more tyler exactly how i felt about it yes when i saw it hit 60 it's tony finau and like i said well we just talked about dj at 50 or or, or uh, sorry at 40 and brooks at 50 it makes you think sort of shake your head a little bit but like you want to talk about sort of the form factors and things that we think that we do care about a lot more if you go look at finau and everything that he's been don't been doing lately and has going on it's obviously much stronger so i i prefer to go with a guy like him at this number 13th second fourth second or four of his last six finishes so uh, he's been right in the mix and that was to go uh with his record sort of just going to opens too if you look at him there third ninth 27th 18th uh, some history at the alfred dunhill like si situational stuff where yeah. i think you can bring a lot of that across obviously his stats line up quite nicely if you're looking at this course and going across really whatever you want to look at it's going to be suitable for a guy like tony finau when you're talking about uh, just t to green game across the board 
Uh, power four scoring, he's there. If you're looking at opportunities gained, greens and regulation, good scrambler, solid putter from 25 plus feet for those lag putts mm-hmm. that we know are required here at this course. So really just fits the bill. Obviously not a prolific winner nor major winner, but at 60, I think that number's good enough. So uh, I'm going with a theme that I'll be on later. I, I've got sort of some positive vibes, but my music selection for Tony Finau is called Teach Me How to Dougie. And it's by Cali Swag District. This is where my guy Kenny hopped in and said, probably why you, you would, uh, you'd party well with the FGD guys, both of us, but probably wouldn't love our music selections, but it's an oldie, but goodie. And it's actually a song that Tony Finau was caught on video by his family dancing to and listening to rapping to in his, his vehicle on his way to the final round of the RBC Canadian open where the guy did it was almost like a situational thing where like Ricky, when he lost to Reed at the masters, he did what you expected him to do. He sort of came through, did what he kind of needed. But the problem was he had Rory and Justin Thomas in front of him doing their thing. So uh, unfortunate for Tony, but the guy just has such a good attitude. The song was, it was just cool to see him rapping the lyrics to it. And I thought it was a good tie in for him here. I think there will be some good vibes. 60 to one, not a bad number. It may have dropped a little bit in some places, but I think you could still get a 55. With get a 55, places. yeah, eight places with bet 365 here. So, yeah, yeah. 45 if you want um, um, nine places. So, yeah. I, I, think, I think that's a good number, at least, or a fair number. I'm not saying yeah. it's the best in the world, but it's one that I feel very comfortable with for a guy that sort of has, you know, at least overcome some other demons in the past. Like everyone said he couldn't get over the Puerto Rico Open curse. He went back yeah. and got that win last year. He's had a couple, you know, just serious spots where mm-hmm. it's tough. You 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 know, in anything mentally, especially in the game of golf, which is such a mental game where some guys just don't get over that and aren't able to battle back or bounce back. Tony has proven completely otherwise plenty of times. And I think he's in fine form now to be able to take on coming in here at a course that I think he should feel pretty good about. So I like him quite a bit at 60 to one this week. Happy to have him uh, with the five places that I got him at, at the bigger number. No, I get that. And, uh, of course, the big question is, and um, I'm not sure if this is one I want to know the answer to, but um, uh, what's the song title mean? Uh, who who or what or how is, is Dougie? Oh, uh, yes. Great question, actually. It is a, you know, we're in the TikTok age now, but back, okay. it would be a great one for the, the TikTok age. But it's a, it's a dance, right? The Dougie is a dance. And so there is a choreography. Choreographed? Yeah, choreographed dance that you can do to it. I personally am not the best dancer, so I stay on the sidelines when it comes to that part of it, but the words are quite catchy. The beat is catchy, and like I said, you can actually just not take my word for it. You can go look up Tony Finau at the RBC Canadian Open, rapping the lyrics over the beat in his vehicle as he's on his way to the course for round four. So uh, it's a good one for that factor. It's definitely a good vibe, nice tune that you can just listen to at any given time. I, I think it's a good one for sure. Right. And, and he wasn't actually doing doing the Dougie then. Uh, he, he was, was doing just, some uh, dance rugby. moves to it, in the, but he was he was driving while this was going yeah, on. Course, so yeah, I didn't yeah. want to be busting out all the moves, but I know <laughs> you can also go watch Fina. I forget whose wedding it was at, but he does have the dance moves for sure. He's busted yeah. them out in the past, definitely. Well, okay. How about this? If 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 um if Tony Finau wins, will you give us a sort of recorder? Because oh, you obviously your your pods on YouTube, isn't it? Uh, yeah. With, uh, with Kenny. So if if Finau wins, will you do do the Dougie for us on next week's pod so we can see how it's done? <laughs> you and Kenny maybe in a duet or? Uh, I should that... not sign up for this, but it's enough money that I will win that I will sign up for this, and I will okay. learn the moves, and I will bust out a thirty second clip. 
of me doing the Dougie if Tony Finau wins. Okay, that will make me feel better about missing out on him. If he wins okay, if I, I, the, I can uh, do that for you, Martin. I've got you. Okay, cool. The listeners, um, remember this. If uh, Tony Finau wins, Tyler is doing the Dougie on the pod next week. So, All right, uh, fair uh, enough. Good, good, great, great hosting there to get me, put, put me on the spot for that and get me to commit. So incredible job. Shout out to you. Marvellous. Um, so uh, anyway, the man that I ditched Finau for um, is uh, Joachim Neiman. Uh, he's my next pick. Uh, and um, I, I just, uh, I mean, maybe it's too early for Neiman. He's obviously still only 23 and he's not uh, really contended for a major yet. And there is, uh, of course, the historical viewpoint that um, uh, before you win a major, you're going to contend for one. But uh, obviously Morikawa um, showed us that that's not uh, not necessarily the case at all when he won his, his, his PGA. So, um, uh, and, um, uh, you know, Zalatoris came out of nowhere, sort of contending for them. I haven't won one yet, obviously. But um, uh, so so my, my hope is that um, Neiman um, can step up this week. And I just think he's got that extra touch of class, to put it bluntly, I think, and maybe this is being disrespectful or, or you know, unfair to Tony Finau, but I just think he's got that little bit of extra class long-term that maybe Tony, you know, was a tremendous player as he is, uh, isn't quite a sort of, you know, stellar player that Neiman will be one day. And I, I think if we got to their end of their careers, I would put money on Neiman having more majors than um, uh, uh, Tony Finau uh, in the bank. And... Um, I just think um, Neiman's capable of something quite explosive. He's got a game for Lynx Golf. We know he has the low ball flight. Um, he's popped up um, at uh, a lot of uh, uh, coastal tracks on the... Well, modern technology, we lost Tyler. I was mid-talking about Joachim Neiman, uh, and I'm hoping Tyler is back. Tyler, are you back? I'm back. Perfect I've actually no idea what happened there, and I'm hoping I can splice this all together. Otherwise, it'll be uh, pod part one and pod part two. Okay. So, um, <laughs> but um, I think I'm guessing my internet dropped or something like that. So um, anyway, hopefully we will splice this all together because uh, uh, the one week we don't want the pod to drop off is Open Championship week. So um, yeah, so I was talking about Joachim Neiman. Did you actually hear me talk about Joachim Neiman, I, Tyler? I Yes, and I, I like the call. I was going to say one thing I would have brought up about him is oh, you said everything I would have said as the opposite, I guess, is that you and I, like you said, you picked him over Finau. I understand why. One is for sure correct. I think he's got about nine or ten years on Finau, so I definitely expect long-term him mm. to do it. I wasn't as sure for this week. I like him on DraftKings this week. I think just because that's where I can play him and I don't need to worry about whether he wins or not. He's only uh, $8,000 over there, so I can mix him in with my salary. He's below the average. Seems crazy. But I loved the win earlier in the season at the Genesis. I just thought that was so telling. Like, to be able to go 63-63 out of the gates and then carry it through the entire weekend and get the win, knowing you're getting a, a Tiger Woods handshake and everything at the end there. So I like the guy's play. I like the game. I like. I think he's another young gun that's gone forgotten in the sense that obviously, like him and Sungjae, to me, are two that get overlooked quite a bit. And it's because obviously we have what Morikawa, Hovland, those guys are doing. And now we've got Zalatoris, but, and there's many more that we could name, but I'm just saying yeah. it's like you, people forget how young these guys are. And, and Neiman, the example was with Mito 
back at the uh, the PGA Championship, talking about uh, doing the interview there with Mito yeah. uh, on Mito, I should say, while Mito's going out and sort of having that unfortunate result. But it, talking about how everyone looked up to to Mito back then, and there was people just realizing then that he's actually younger. It Neiman, that is. So I'm saying it's kind of interesting the the sort of layout and the lay of the land in golf right now, where you know, like I said earlier, with the shiny new toy factor, everyone just moves on to the next guy. When realistically, there's still guys sitting there that are even younger in some cases. Like like Mito is 27 years old, and yeah. people are acting like he's the young gun going out trying to win his first major versus Neiman is what, 23 or 24? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's so I'm funny great, to think yeah. we're, in, again, back to the, not to go back onto it, but that's where, like you said, the the structure of the PGA Tour and just the longevity and the history and everything that goes with it, that's where it's kind of interesting with these young guys that we still have just so many guys that if they don't go, who knows, Neiman could go, but if they don't go over to live, there's still so much to look forward to on the PGA Tour because so, so yeah. many of these young talents are either not proven enough to the general public or are in the eyes of the people that are gambling and betting on it the most, like us and the listeners are just not recognizing that these are still the young guys, young guns and future of the game of golf, wherever that may be. Yeah. No, I mean, like you say, I think, um, uh, you know, you look at Mito and uh, of course, I'm not saying he'll win a major, but um, his time will certainly become he'll be a, a winner, be a winner out on the PGA Tour. And, and it's very easy for people sort of to dismiss players and move on. I mean, I had to laugh, something just popped in my head there. Uh, uh, I saw quite a few comments after um, uh, Matthew Schmidt's um, round last night. Uh, people saying, you know, it's, this, this guy's a choker, he's a, he's a waste of space and what have you. And, uh, you know, he'll never win anything. Why hasn't he won yet? I mean, the guy's not even been a pro for a year so uh, yeah. um yeah so uh, i think um uh, it, people can be quite dis dismissive of players um uh, uh rather too quickly but um yeah neiman i definitely think has the game and um I, i'm not saying this will be his week but i think he's got uh got got the scope and i just want to get him on side early in, in majors and uh, i think he's definitely got the game for the open so he's got the low ball flight uh we're expecting the win as we've talked about already so um uh, i think um uh, he, he could he could have a big week. So um, before we roll on to our final couple of picks or so, um, I wanted to um, just touch on the DK side of things uh, a little bit. So um, obviously we've got the Millie Baker, which I'll be putting my couple of entries into in the hope that I can uh, uh, um, have a, have a life-changing week, as it were. So uh, um, what sort of strategy – do you take a different strategy for the Millie Makers than you would do for, um, you know, your regular – tour events um week in week out any, any tips you want to share with our uh, our listeners as, as a as our dk expert yeah i would say one thing i've talked to last couple of weeks i did it last week i'll do it this week again a lot of the stronger fields at least usually what you know most are doing and i'm doing is picking sort of guys at the top so you you know you can't play them all either way but just to say like if yeah. you know most cases i might say okay i'm on rory i'm on mm -hmm. spieth and then I'm on Cameron Smith and now, you know, four or five guys up in this range. But yeah. in these stronger fields, I actually think it's better to sort of take an opposite approach mm. where we kind of know the winner is going to come from this top range. And they all are unique prices, right? 10.8, 10.5, 10.3, 10.000. So you can fit them all within your lineups. You don't have to worry yeah. about I've got four guys at the same price. I have to pick one. And I'm actually willing to take more stands on my value plays at the mm -hmm. bottom, my biggest thing this week and last week, it worked very, it was close to working well. Speaking of Mito that we just spoke on, he had a 15 shot swing to miss the cut versus mm -hmm. day one to day two. So 
you know, uh, not to miss the cut, sorry, less than that to miss the cup, a 15 shot swing in his two days of golf, where mm. it's like, that was a value play. I felt good about, he started strong and then he fell off. But mm. when I find guys like that this week down below, I'm going to take harder stances on them versus mixing around a bunch of guys at the bottom and trying to get lucky. I want to mix around the guys at the top and try and make sure I've got the winner and then lineups constructed in a sense that I'm a bit more aggressive to be able to beat these larger fields and yeah. find my way to the top as long as my value plays come through for me. But I think it's easier to identify in these stronger fields where yeah. the pricing sort of dictates it that there just has to be guys that are a little bit mispriced for what we mm. know their skill level to be. And like I said, even a guy like Neiman at 8,000, he is less than the average salary on DraftKings this week. Yeah, and yeah. we just talked about betting him at 50 or 60 to one. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that's the whole point where you can try and find guys like that, that you feel very comfortable with. My next betting selection is actually happens to be 7,900 on yeah. DraftKings. So if you can pick your value plays that way this week, I don't mind spreading it around at the top because it's very hard Besides, we have our own stances, Martin. But right mm -hmm. now, for example, this week, Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth are the exact same price as John Rahm and Colin Morikawa. Yeah. On paper and form and everything, we want to play Rory and Spieth. Everything yeah. about them looks fantastic. But it's a major, and guys show up, and Rahm and Morikawa, if you just go to the last, what, 10 majors? Mm -hmm. I think you'd be doing pretty good. If you just played Rom and Morikawa at the majors and forgot about the form and the narratives and the history and all the trends and all those things that go into it. So little things like that, where I think it's a little bit more interesting to get unique at the top and mix and match some of these guys. And then going with your value plays down low, where you take a few more stands on guys you feel good about, regardless of what price they are or what tour they play on all of those factors. If you like them, get overweight, mix around these guys up top. I think that's going to help you find your way to have some lineups with the winner in it and find your way to have a chance to get to the top of these tournaments. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at that. Look, I haven't really looked at the DK pricing yet this week, but I'm looking at that, and you've got Morikawa at 10,300 and Spieth at 10,000. And I mean, I'm no expert on DK at all, but I would assume that the the, the average bread and butter player, as it were, will, will pivot towards Spieth you know, sort of over and over again, over Morikara at those prices um, right. based on, on the speed narrative, on, on the links and all the reasons I've, I've bet him. But, uh, for, for good um, reason. But like yeah, you said, in, in DraftKings, we're playing a different game. In the, in the betting yeah. market, we can all bet speed and we can all win on him. Yeah, right? yeah. It's great. We can beat the books, if you will, in, in a sense. But at least there we feel that we can all be on the same team. In DraftKings, you have to make a decision on what the field yeah. is doing and what you think to be correct and find your ways to get leverage in that sense. So just a very interesting one. That's why I brought up the Rory yeah. Speed can be the same as Rom Morikawa. I mean, that's yeah. on paper. We want Rory Speed, Like you mentioned, that's where the, the yeah. masses will flock. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it from just a major perspective and ability just to show up at any given moment and have big upside, Rom and Morikawa, uh, you know, three-time major winners in just the last what, two years, two and a half years? So yeah. I, I think that's guys that you could definitely go towards if you think of it from that angle. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so um, there's, your, there's your tips, listeners. Play, be a little bit contrarian, maybe. Um, take take your stance. And uh, um, yeah, ultimately we pay our money and take our chances, don't we? So, that's right. Um, so yeah, roll, roll us into your next. You just touched on him. Is it 7,900? Um, who's, who's your next man? Um, that you're yeah, 7,900 and a bit of an unfair number when we talk betting, but at least it's on record. I, I did do a season preview on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast with my guy, Kenny Kim, who you mentioned earlier, and yeah. I picked Homa just to have a great season in general. So uh, with Homa, it's different. I think now you're finding him at 60 and 80 and you know maybe, yeah. maybe 66 in some places, things like that. But yeah. 
I did get him preseason at 125. I know many jumped on over the weekend at 80, 90 in that range. So whatever number you can get him at, I, I mean, 60, I know it's tougher than what I just talked about, but at least if you feel good about him, you feel good about him. The one thing I liked, Martin, was that, you know, the extra round that he went out and played just to, he's yeah. really dialing it in for this event. Now it doesn't mean that's not the, the be all end all it's on top of the other factors. Like if you just go look at him, uh, his history is not bad at all. He won the Wells Fargo. You talked about guys picking up a trophy earlier in the season. Uh, okay. Results like at, at the masters in the U S open, just mediocre, but you know, mid 40 at 47, something like that. But if you just look, I think he does have the firepower, the ability. If you look at the stats, across the board he's top 20 in a bunch of categories over the last 50 rounds recent so form history ability all those factors line into it and i do think homa could find his way up there i definitely like having the five places on him i know now it's with eight places and 12 and some like you said you'll have over the pond but yeah uh, the more places the better for him probably but i do think that uh, for me it was more of a value bet in that i thought he would do something this season that would change his number by the time we mm -hmm. got there. And sure enough, it's cut in half. So yeah. the right idea coming in, happy to have him. The, the Scottish Open was decent. The fact he went out to, I believe it was North Berwick and played yeah. an additional 18 holes to get ready for this thing. He just feels dialed in. And I, and I do think he's going to have the success soon. The music selection that I put to go with him is actually a good friend of his who he's done a couple of podcasts. I think they're very powerful. You can go watch them on YouTube. Uh, the gentleman's name is Mike. And he goes by Mike. He's on Twitter or Instagram at just Mike, J-U-S-T-M-I-K-E. And he's an artist, sort of a rap slash just like a you know party good vibe. And this song has a really good vibe to it. And if you think about Max Homo, what does he always say? Hashtag positive vibes only. And I love this song by Mike. They, like I said, they've done those podcasts together talking about good mental vibes and just sort of a, a good mindset to have being on tour and playing out there. And so I love that kind of stuff self-development, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I just went to Mike's concert last week. The wife and I got away, got the parents to watch the kids. And his song that I picked is called Good Day. It just came out and it's he says it's a good day for a good day. And I think that's how Homa's mindset is right now. He talks about on those podcasts, just taking it one day at a time. And he talks about how that led to his victory back at Riv when he did that, where, you know, it's so hard. You, we've talked about it all the time. Tommy Fleetwood in his hometown did not have a good yeah, result. Yeah. Roy McIlroy missed the cut at the open, yeah. right? Things like that, where it's not always an ability to do it in front of your home mm -hmm. fans, friends, and family. And he went out and did it at the Riv that sort of set things off a little bit there. And mm -hmm. now, we, you know, he got the win at the Wells Fargo. He's definitely having himself a, a different type of golf game, a different type of season in the past than what we've seen. So, I really do like Amir, and I, of course, like the number I got him at, but I think it's yeah. another guy that you could get behind. Uh, just get those eight places at the 60 if you have to or something like that. So I'm good with him yeah. for this week yeah. all around. But he's, he's, he's more he's more and more impressive by the week, isn't he? Um, he he's, um, uh, you, you know, he was he was highly touted in the early days and was one of those guys who it just didn't click for him. Uh, and, you, you know, you wondered if he'd ever get there. And then suddenly... Uh, had that win pretty much out of nowhere at Quail Hollow, and and that just changed everything for him, didn't it? So uh, really yeah. did, yeah. It, it, uh, I love um, his I love his mindset, though. I think yeah. that's probably the the best factor because you talked about it there too. Another guy highly touted, uh, at least you know a lot of people knew about him, and it just yeah. it did not work. He talked about it on that podcast with Mike, who I just yeah. mentioned, where he says yeah. I was a big fish in a small sea. When I became the the small fish in the big sea, it yeah. really hit me, and I just didn't know how to react. He talked about making, which is very hard to do, by the way. He yeah. mentions this as well, making only $18,000 in an yeah. entire year on tour. 
Like, yeah. and, and he's like, that's tough. When you consider like a made cut, you're getting eight to 10,000. So it's like, that's how yeah. bad his year was had to go back, battle back up. And now look at yeah. where he stands. So really love his game. Really love his attitude. It's fun to follow on Twitter, just everything about Max Homa. It's hard not to love the guy. So I'm, yeah. I'm always rooting for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and um, I'm not on him this week, but um, yeah, he, he's certainly someone I'd be delighted to see win, win a major. Um, like like you, I've, I mean, I listen to the, obviously the No Laying Up guys a, a reasonable amount and um, they're, they're pretty close with him. So he comes on there quite quite yep. a bit. And um, yeah, he just comes across great, doesn't he? So um, yeah, uh, um, I, I'm all in for him, his success, although hopefully not the expense of one of my men this week. But uh, <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, I wish you well with him, Tyler. And uh, you've, got, uh, you've got great odds, certainly. So, I mean, looking at his prices, you say there's 60 to 1 for eight places, but uh, he's as short as 33 to 1 now for 12 places. So, um, yeah. Um, and um, he's, he's certainly certainly got the game to, to start competing at majors. That's the next step for him, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, Right, I'll uh, I'll rattle through my last couple of selections then, um, and um, I've got um, two at bigger prices, uh, and um, the first one is Thomas Peters, the Belgian bomber, uh, and uh, he's um, he's he's really you know stepped it up this year or, or, or since certainly since the end of last year he won in um portugal at the end of last year and then he followed up with a win in abu dhabi at the beginning of this year uh and that abu dhabi win's quite interesting um because it's it's a who's who of um uh link specialists over in abu dhabi obviously there's a, a link to the links in that tournament certainly i mean uh tommy's won it twice shane lowry um Tyrrell Hatton, Lee Westwood, uh, Ricky Fowler. They're basically the previous six winners or so since um, um, Thomas Peters won it. And um, uh, Peters has also played, you know, he's got a couple of other top fives there as well. So it's clearly um, clearly a course he likes, he's comfortable on. Um, he's also played well in, in places like Saudi Arabia, Oman, which obviously uh, uh, certainly have a, a link to uh, Lynx performers as well. Saudi Arabia, particularly with the likes of GMAC winning out there. Um, uh, the Dutch Open's always been an event. Um, I'm not going to swear blind to the fact that the 2015 edition he won, whether that was a, on a coastal track, but uh, it's, it's often been played on coastal tracks. And, and the Portugal event is also something that has a uh, you, you know a link historically to, to, to good links performers. So um, he, he's popped up at all the, all the right places. Um, as I say, he's having the you know, sort of 12, 12 months, most um, consistent 12 months of his, his career. He nearly won again um, a couple of weeks ago at the BMW before uh, he got um, picked in the playoff by uh, Hao Tong Lim somewhat memorably. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, yeah, he, he, he's, you know, the next next thing for him to do is to bag a major. Uh, he's competed in majors. He's got the top five at Augusta. One thing we haven't really talked about, Tyler, is the, the, the sort of somewhat weird but i suppose understandable maybe is it being a second shot course and precision on the to the greens uh uh link between um augusta and st andrews obviously with the likes of uh uh not just tiger of course but um uh zach johnson um uh louis uh of course came close to augusta mark leishman's always loved augusta and was beaten in the playoff by um uh, zach johnson so there's does seem to be some sort of close links there and um peters has the top five there um uh, he's got uh six places PGA, so he's competed in majors before. Uh, turned 30 earlier this year, and I think it's, you know, he's... I don't think he'd be a shock winner. I mean, maybe... You know, and I'm talking more to your average sort of armchair viewer rather than a sort of more serious better or DK player, but some of the European names um, don't necessarily sort of flag up or, uh, across the pond, as it were, as, as sort of major contenders if they're not 
you know, regulars on the PGA Tour. But I think Thomas Peters has has the game to, um, you know, step it up and go go to that next level. So um, I, I really like him this week. Uh, I've taken 90 to 1, um, one point each way, 11 places. Uh, and then my final roll of the dice is uh, Wyndham Clark, who I rolled the dice with last week in the Scottish Open. And um, he didn't win me any money, so you can't really say it was a good pick, but hugely. But uh, um, he finished 16th. He played really well, and um, there was an awful lot to like and to sort of justify my view that Lynx Golf will be sort of something that will be up his street. Um, he's performed really well at the Honda, which is a tournament on uh, the PGA Tour, of course, that um, has time and again over the years been a great pointer um, for the Open Championship, even with people like Todd Hamilton, uh, who, who uh, won his um, um, uh, lone PGA Tour title at the Honda before he came and won the Open. Um, he's, he's also performed for what it's worth at other, co well, at other coastal tracks like um, uh, Bermuda, Puerto Rico, etc. But uh, again, I just thought, I thought before last week he had the game for this. Uh, he um, uh, sort of uh, spanks it a country mile um, and um, uh, looks looks really good on the greens. Uh, you know, he's got a great putting touch, uh, good lag putter. Uh, so he's got a little bit of room off the tee potentially this week. And, um, uh, you know, a lot of those par fours may well be reachable for him in the, in the dry conditions. And, um, yeah, I think he can push on from last week and... Uh, um, actually, one or two firms have got four. Well, one firm, Skybet, are offering 14 places each way, uh, 200 to one. Uh, I've gone with him for the 12 places each way at 250 to one. Uh, and um, yeah, he. I mean, he talks about when he got in, he got in via the Canadian Open, as you probably remember, Tyler. And mm -hmm. uh, um, he talked afterwards, his exact quote was, um, I love Lynx golf. It's fantastic. I think it's the purest form of golf and the fans there are fantastic. I love the creativity and being subject to the wind and the weather. Uh, I am excited, he basically said. So, um, so, and, and as I say, there was nothing in his performance last week that makes me think, um, you know, still think he doesn't love Lynx golf. So, uh, so then my final two picks, I've got a couple of songs for both. Well, one, one song's a particular for Thomas P. Um, and um, this uh, Ben Cody will be delighted to hear this one on because um, uh, I've gone with one from one of his favourite bands. So I must admit, I, I wasn't hugely familiar with this track, but when I was hunting around, I listened to it and I really liked it. So I've gone with a song called Your Belgian Things by the Mountain Goats. Uh, I'm going to ask Ben to tell me uh, more about uh, that particular tune. But uh, um, uh, yeah, so uh, it's a song called Your Belgian Things by the Mountain Goats. I'm not even going to be able to claim to tell you which album it's off of or what have you, but it's uh, uh, a great tune. So well worth a listen. Uh, and for Elbow, uh, or sorry, for Clark, I've gone with a song by Elbow. Um, have you ever come across the band Elbow before, Tyler, at all? I, I can't say I have, no. But yeah. that's usually the case for you and I. So that's yeah. the best part about well, us doing this. Lots of great information and lots of great discoveries <laughs> when it comes to uh, the music selections. Absolutely. Well, Elbow are actually a pretty famous band. Um, so they're, they're not some ob obscure alternative band that I've um, uh, <laughs> ducked out of nowhere. They're actually a pretty pretty famous band um, uh, and, uh, you know, play big arenas. Uh, well, probably play big arenas in the States maybe even Canada, but certainly played big arenas over here. Um, and I've gone with a song of theirs called Open Arms. And um, if you ever come to the Open, Tyler, one day when you're coming to one of those gigs that I'm going to take you to and um, also come to watch some golf, um, if you go and get a beer, all the tents are sort of called the Open Arms, as in, as in um, I don't know if it's the phrase you... 
um, have come across, but a lot of our pubs over here um, are called the Something Arms. So um, uh, I don't know why. There's obviously a historical reason for it, but um, uh, the pubs will have a name, and it'll be um, I don't know the um, uh, the Builders Arms, or um, you know, the, yeah, uh, that's probably as good a good as example as any. But um, um, yeah, so so you have the Open Arms um, at um, the Open um, Golf Course as well. They have the tent, sell the beer, uh, and they call them the Open Arms. So uh, it's a song by Elbow from their album Builder Rocket Boys, uh, and uh, it's called Open Arms. So I thought it was very um, appropriate for this week. Uh, I've been thinking of all those people that are getting a beer in the hot weather up in um, St Andrews. So that's my last two musical picks. Um, were there any other, before we wrap up, Tyler, were there any other long shots you'd like the look of in the three-figure odds? Anyone out there? Any <laughs> no, uh, I like the Wyndham Clark call. I know you were on him there last week. I, I'd put it into my thread, and I know that you were you know, cheering him on down the stretch. Yeah. And so I think that, just like you said, could easily carry over here. I've got interest in him on DraftKings, just to give one more that we talked a little bit about it earlier, but at 6,600 on DraftKings when – Tom Kim, who we mentioned earlier and who you were on for your each way on Sunday, getting the 150 to one top three to cash. I think uh, he'll be pretty popular on DraftKings at 6,500. We'll have to see. Maybe Clark becomes the guy because people are starting to mention him and his his, uh, week last week, but he didn't do as well as Tom Kim. So I I do think that there's an opportunity there. I think that's an interesting one. And I'm seeing him still like 400 to one with eight places. So yeah. You can get, uh, you know, take your pick on what you want as far as the each way extras are. Yeah. But I think that that's uh, definitely an interesting one to just take a shot on if you you want to bet a few bucks on him. And then Peters is funny because uh, always cheer this guy on. So maybe I will have to consider adding him. I'm seeing 125 right now. And just thoughts on that are I saw he tweeted out today that everyone should give the the luggage dispenses like uh, the guys that do guys and girls that do the luggage at the airports, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of leeway don't give yeah. don't give them as much flack and someone said the the voice of reason thomas peters that's not like it usually he's the opposite right we see his temper and snapping clubs yeah. i can't imagine to be the the airline that loses his bags and he's now saying no take it easy on these guys there's a lot going on in the world give them a little bit of a break so you know, maybe, maybe he's, he's getting that uh, the mindset in check here for the open. You're not going to tell me he's lost his clubs, though, are you? Because I've not seen nope. that. <laughs> no. I hope not. I hope not. But I, I did not see that. I did not see that. Yeah, no. it, was, it was Victor Hovland who played without his clubs last week, wasn't it? I think. Um, yes. Over, yes, over, in, uh, over at Renaissance. But uh, yeah, and, and Peter's, I mean, his open record coming back to him as well. He's made the cut every time he's played. So uh, it's it's sort of sneaky decent, as it were. So um, so I just think it's the time of his career to, to step up. So, um, so that, that's a wrap for us then on our picks for the um, uh, the Open. Uh, of course, we do have another event this week. The Barracuda has that. Uh, is that going to come across your radar at all, or um, do you think you'll be swerving that one? Any, any? Well, no, I'll probably still bet it. Right, I was looking at it earlier. One guy, so I liked him a couple weeks ago. Again, he's a number at the top. He's one of the favorites. Not quite. I mean, Mav is up there. There's a bunch of guys, yeah. but I actually like Taylor Pendrith, another Canadian. Yeah, yeah. It's not really the Canadian connection. Maybe that's just where I get to follow him a little bit more. But I liked him quite a bit uh, when he had to withdraw for the COVID positive test. And I had been following him enough then to know that he was healthy and ready. He yeah. had said there was videos talking about him making like him swinging, getting ready for the tournament, and that. I thought he was good there. The WD made me get back on him last week and he didn't do enough last week, but it's always a tricky one to get right. So I think this could be a good spot to go back at 25 to one. He was one of the first guys that stood out to me. And then if you want a long shot, 
Uh, Brandon Haggy, 90 to one. Yeah. I know my, my guy on Twitter there, Wiley, he likes him mm-hmm. quite a bit, but uh, yeah. I know he's got, I think a decent history and really likes the spot. So I think he's interesting going back to him after he disappointed some last week, go back to him at 90 to one. I thought that was a, a pretty big number for him. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's on my radar. Um, Hagee, um, uh, he's actually one of the things I like about him here is he's got a pretty strong um, uh, record on Jack Nicholas courses. So as, as well as having a good record here, uh, he, he's played well at um, uh, in Canada at uh, Glen Abbey in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played well at um, the Honda. Uh, so he's um, yeah, he, he seems to be a bit of a Jack Nicholas guy. Uh, but the one I mean, I haven't I, I, like last week. I put up one pick in the pod uh, and then um, said, you know, watch this space. I'll put it once I've studied it in more detail. I'll put out the rest of my selections and uh, and, and Whaley was one of the selections I put up on the Tuesday. So uh, so similarly, I've got one straight off the bat um, this week. Um, and to be honest, it's a bit of an auto bet for me in this on, on this type of event um, and certainly on this course and certainly as he's been playing pretty nicely of late. And that's Martin Laird. Uh, Martin Laird, I mean, I was on him when he won at the Shriners, of course, uh, so, you know, way, way, way bigger odds than this um 250 to one the uh, 18 months or so back but um uh but uh he, he, he basically he just loves um desert golf uh he, it's just his thing if you look at his record i mean that was why i went with him at the shriners he showed some signs uh and um He's a former winner there, of course. Uh he loves this event um he, he's just uh i know the course moved uh, a couple of years ago, but um, it's very similar to the, the the previous Reno course they were on, and uh, um, he, he's got a good record in Arizona at, at Phoenix. So um, uh, he was brought up in Colorado, or not sorry, brought up in Colorado. He's basically went to college in Colorado, and uh, um, uh, and he's now based back over there as well. So of course the altitude is um, something he's perfectly familiar with. So so thirty three to one, six places, Martin Laird each way. He's an absolute must for me this week. I would say he's actually been playing pretty decently of late so um uh um yeah all, all over him this week so that's my first selection for the for the barracuda so um yeah uh so uh let's um move on um and um wrap things up with the uh free bets obviously we give a give a free bet away each week and uh we've had some uh superb selections again i'm just pulling them up on my phone thank you so much for getting them all in everyone uh and um we have had what have we had um we have had uh, i know chris lofthouse uh suggested some um uh some stone roses uh i'm trying to know which uh, song it was um uh, we've got some nirvana someone suggested here uh but um I'm sorry about this. I'm just putting it out. Replica by the XX for um, uh, Xander winning twice. Uh, that's from Greg Petru. Thank you, Greg. Um, we've got um, What the World is Waiting For by the Stone Roses from Chris Lofthouse. Thank you, Chris. Uh, the Breeders and Driving on Nine. Uh, how many players will be looking to drive the ninth green this week? Matt Round says. Um, thank you, Matt. Uh, Fisherman's Blues by the Water Boys, um, suggested by RJ Murray. Um, International Bride. Right Young Thing has suggested by A.R. Thompson, uh, by Jesus Jones, as a tribute to Xander, who is um, uh, certainly a bright thing at the moment. Uh, history by The Verb from McNulty, because we've got 150 years, um, obviously, of history here. Uh, but the one I'm going to go with 
with uh, it's uh, picked by JGO, who's a, uh, a regular contributor. So thank you, um, thank you, uh, Jay. Um, and um, he's gone with a song by Sea uh, Power or British Sea Power, as they used to be called, and it's called Waving Flags. Uh, so very appropriate for this week. The flags will be waving with the uh, power coming from the sea, the wind, obviously. Um, so it's Sea uh, Power and Waving Flags. Um, thank you, um, Jay. Uh, and there's a five pound bet coming your way. So um, that's pretty much a wrap, Tyler. So first of all, just remind everyone of your uh, picks, your musical, uh, sorry, your betting picks. Yeah, so we've got Morikawa at 40 to one with the top five. We've got Finout at 60 to one. Uh, well, on the show, they actually just let me cash it out. So I've got Finout at 60 to one with eight places now. So they gave me equal for equal. Sometimes they do that, which is nice. And then I've got Homa from start of the season at 125 with the top five each way. Perfect. And uh, my five picks, um, we've got um, uh, Jordan Spieth, who I've gone for nine places each way, 18, 18 to one. Uh, Cameron Smith, again, nine places each way, 28 to one. Joachim Neiman, 40 to one for the 11 places. Peters, 90 to one for the 11 places. And Wyndham Clark, 250 to one for the 12 places. Um, and uh, just remind everyone of your, your musical tunes that uh, you've got again, Tyler. Yeah, we've got Drake with Back to Back. We've got uh, Swag Cali District with Teach Me How to Dougie, which Martin put me up on the bet there if he now ships this thing this week. And then we've got Mike with the song called Good Day. That's going to be the last one that pairs with Homa. Brilliant. Um, and um, from my point of view, we got Best Coast, the only place in honor of uh, where we are this week, St. Andrews. Uh, we've got Into the Blue by Geneva, a fine Scottish band. Um, we've got um, The Mountain Goats, Your Belgian Things, in honour of Thomas Peters, uh, and Open Arms by Elbow, where everyone will be getting their beers this week. Uh, and uh, the uh, winner of the free breath again is Waving Flags by Sea Power. Um, so thank you, Tyler, so much. Remind everyone where um, anyone, everyone can hear your stuff across the week, because I know you're a busy man. Yeah, so we've got the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. It's out on all your podcast places that you listen to them. I've got myself, Kenny Kim, on there. That's already out for this week. You can find me on the Mayo Media Network on YouTube with Pat Mayo. I'll be out there on Wednesday as well. It's a free show, 9.15 Eastern Time AM, where we'll do the live show chat. Even if you don't catch it live, you can catch up later on that show. And then all of my content, the majority of it is at rumpuresports.com. If you guys are wanting to take your, your DFS game or DraftKings game with PGA or any sport for that matter to another level, it's all sports, one price. You can go to runpuresports.com and you can use special promo code DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N-5-0. Get yourself 50% off your first month and that's all sports for one price. Check it out, get into the Discord, get ready to get after it because that's where we're picking the winners. Perfect. Brilliant. Yeah, well worth um, well worth checking it out and signing it up. So um, as for myself, I'm Martin Matthews. You can find me at SundogMonkey on Twitter and you can follow the pod at The Golf Alternative. Uh, like I said at the beginning, please do give us a nice five-star review. Um, uh, if you have a moment, it helps keep the pod survive so, um, or keep the pod going. So a uh, five-star review um, rating on Apple would be hugely appreciated. Uh, you'll find me um, also doing some stuff for Paddy Power this week as well. 
So um, a, a busy week. And um, the first thing I have to do now is go and see if I can splice parts one and part two together. Otherwise, uh, this will be a two-part pod. And apologies, I think um, basically I had a brief power cut or something drop off, as it were, on our internet. So um, that's technology for you. So, But um, Tyler, it's been an absolute blast having you on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, have a great week. And um, good luck with your bets, everyone. Enjoy the music. And uh, let's look forward to seeing Tyler do the doggy on the pod, his pod next week. Thank you very much, Tyler. Good night, everyone.